Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the African Tech Roundup. Now, every Monday, we round up the week's most important technology, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu, and I'm a broadcaster and entrepreneur. My co-host here on the show, as always, is tech entrepreneur and executive editor of iAfrican.com, Tefo Mohapi. How's it, my guy? I'm good. Busy week. Yes, indeed. You had two PR events to attend. Hard work, eh? Yeah, plus also, I mean, last weekend was uh, Lean Startup Machine Joburg as well. So, yeah, quite, quite a busy week, but tired. Definitely, that's the real work you did. But first, tell me about, uh, <laughs> by far, the real work. Tell me about the Airbnb PR event. That was interesting, but uh, it felt like a byproduct that uh, Brian Chesky and the San Francisco team were at Global Entrepreneur Summit in Kenya, Nairobi. So it felt like they thought, oh, let's go down to Joburg in South Africa because that's our largest market in the continent. I think as he said at the event, his main point of the visit was an educational trip and mainly talking to the hosts and the BNBs that use their service. Slow clap to the PR mavens that made everyone think he was going to make this huge announcement or something. No, there was no huge announcement. The only announcement, which was actually an old announcement, which they didn't make, was that Nicola de Elias was appointed as the Middle East and Africa marketing head, or yeah, marketing head, and he's been in the job for three months. So I wouldn't even call that an announcement. I'm thinking a certain hotels NG and perhaps a Javago NG are going. So glad they're not moving in entirely. Well, they've got 9,400 listings in South Africa alone, so I wouldn't be sitting on my laurels. But again, Hotels NG and Javago play in the hotel space, and Airbnb is still mainly people renting out their rooms and their Airbnb, so safe for now. All right, then. Well, the other event, of course, was Microsoft launching their latest version of Windows. How exciting was that? It was cool. <laughs> Look, I mean, if you're excited about operating systems, which I used to be, but I'm not as excited now, I'm more about functionality and what I can do on, on a platform. Yeah, it was okay. All right, well, moving right along. If you're joining us for the first time, head straight to africantechroundup.com to catch up on what you've been missing for the last four months we've been going. While you're at it, go on and sign up for our weekly newsletter to get the podcast sent straight to your inbox every Monday morning. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at African Roundup. Give us a shout and uh, tell us what you think of the show. Of course, in this week's discussion segment, we'll be trying to figure out if there's any merit to this quote-unquote let's host a hackathon trend uh, sweeping the continent. We'd like to know if it's resulting in the development of usable coding skills or if perhaps it's a fad that's not really helping anybody. But that's all later on. First, though, this week's African Tech Roundup is supported by our sister podcast, African Tech Conversations, which is brought to you by the same stellar team which produces this very podcast. The latest installment of the show features an insightful conversation I had with fintech investor and innovation architect Dominique Collett. She's a force of nature whose journey has led her through the corporate halls of some of the world's leading investment banking institutions and consulting firms. And yes, folks, we're dealing with a serious overachiever here. Uh, following a successful exit at the incredibly successful fintech startup she co-founded Time, that's Time with a Y, which was acquired by the Commonwealth Bank of Australia for a rumored uh, 30 million US dollars, give or take. 
Uh, Dominique has gone on to inhabit a senior investment role at Rand Merchant Insurance Holdings and remains one of the most talented, well-informed and influential players on South Africa's fintech scene. Now here's a clip of Dominique sharing some great advice uh, aimed at startup founders who may be poised to start valuation negotiations preceding their exit. Make sure that your, your hygiene is in order and what I mean by that is never go into discussions without having your facts at hand. Um, I think we saw that in particularly in our early days when we were negotiating our first big deal with MTN. We were always negotiating from a position of strength because we always had our facts and figures. We never went into discussions where we were vague, especially when you're talking about financials. I think we see, what I see from our position now is that we've got guys who may understand tech or they may understand the details of some parts of their business, but they're not financially savvy. They haven't got things like their tax certificates in order. They haven't got their financial recon systems in order. And that's the stuff that can trip you up. When you're dealing with big partners, make sure that you are on top of all of your facts and figures because otherwise you're going to get found out the second thing is when you when you step into a deal know what your walk away points are because if you're going to go in pretending that you that you are going to walk away and then you don't you get found out again know what you want out of the thing and don't have false bravado. You can listen to the full in-depth chat I had with Dominique, as well as conversations I've had with other leading entrepreneurs and thought leaders from Africa's technology scene on Africa Tech Conversations, which of course you'll find at africantechroundup.com. It's news time. Uh, yet another scandal besets the ICT sector in South Africa. Neotel in the mix. Yeah, two executives are on special leave for allegedly paying what they call commissions to a, what seems like a shelf company, Homex P2LTD. And when you say executive, you really are talking as high up as you can go, quite frankly, the CEO and the CFO. Yeah, I mean, they're alleged to have paid quite millions of rands of commissions to this company for facilitating a specific deal. But upon investigations by various publications, this company seems not to exist and the directors cannot be traced, leaving people to assume that this was a bribery payment to facilitate a deal with Transnet. Plus minus 20 million US dollars involved here. Um, that's one we'll be keeping an eye on closely. We'll see how long this leave lasts. Um, South Africa is notorious for having executives who go on leave for as long as one, two, sometimes even three years. So let's hope that it doesn't go that far. Well, typically long leave in South Africa of executives is code for we just let this die down until we pay you a golden handshake when everybody's forgotten about it. But yeah, let's see. It's a pretty lean week as far as news is concerned. And we're pretty upfront on our show about our commitment to talking about things that matter. Forgive us if we just ignore the high and talk about the one or two things that uh, piqued our interest this week. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, what piqued our interest is uh, a story that happened earlier in the year, but some publications in Kenya seem to have picked it up again, that of uh, Uber uh, wanting to cater for deaf uh, Kenyan uh, consumers. Uh, the story, I mean, this Uber have been testing this feature for quite some time earlier this year. Kudos to Kenya for being reportedly the first African country to have this functionality deployed. Look, man, I guess this is definitely good news for the four million odd Kenyans who are, are either deaf or hard of hearing. Yeah, it's very good. And for me, it also gives us an insight into to, in terms of what uh, R&D Uber is doing, in terms of the technologies they're using. It's not only because there's, there's been talk of Uber talking about driverless cars, but they also seem to be looking at other forms of technologies to make their services much better. And let us know if you've encountered this technology on the streets of, of Kenya, guys. If you've been for a ride with a deaf driver or someone who's hard of hearing and you got awesome service, you've seen the, the, the system work and add value We'd love to hear about it. Let us know. The final thing we'll be discussing today is what happened this weekend in Nigeria. Apparently, Hotels NG 
hosted a hackathon. I'm wondering how it went. Well, firstly, it wasn't just any hackathon. They stated that this is about machine learning. So yeah, quite interesting, but uh, a lot of stories around how would it be of benefit to Hotels NG to have a machine learning hackathon. And also if there are that many developers in Nigeria who are looking at machine learning algorithms that they can apply to hotels booking. I suppose it brings us to our discussion topic for this week. We just want to know if this idea of hosting hackathons is indeed a value add to the ecosystem. Let's start with the Hotels NG one. I mean, someone said that this is a benefit that uh, $1 million of seed money buys you, or Series A money buys you because you can afford to throw machine learning hackathons, even if you don't need them. But speaking more specifically to hackathons, uh, my take, and this is my personal opinion, is that unless you have an internal hackathon in a business and it's about developing new products or services, looking to find new products or services within a specific business, like Facebook does when they have their hackathons internally, and that's how they launch new services they experiment with, I really don't see the use of it. With this particular hackathon, Hotels and G did mention that they were looking for a certain level of skill. Is this just a cheap way of them developing product, crowdsourcing talent? Who knows? Maybe it is a good idea in that respect. It could be. I mean, it also depends on the terms and conditions for entries and intellectual property that comes out of the hackathon. But it depends what they're trying to achieve. Like many hackathons that I've come across are more your social good hackathons. But the products, again, are like thrown off. They're never used after that. So you go to a hackathon, you develop this great idea you think was great. But after that sits on the shelf and nothing happens. Well, this hackathon hosting trend is coming off the back of the quote-unquote let's launch an incubator <laughs> trend, which I'm not feeling at the moment either. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of hype at the moment, but we shouldn't discourage all the hackathons and the incubators and all the activity happening in the African tech ecosystem because I think these are the early stages of an ecosystem developing. So excitement around everything, excitement around incubators launching, excitement around hackathons and all that stuff, but it will all fizzle out as the ecosystem matures and the chaff is sort of separated from the wood. And to be fair, it would be the first people to criticize the ecosystem for not having these sort of initiatives if they were not present there. So yeah, we have to be honest, but at the same time, we need to be cognizant and the ecosystem at large need to also be wary of not just doing things for hype's sake, but purpose-driven. So, Nigeria, tell us, did you attend the hackathon uh, over the weekend? Tell us how that went for you. Uh, did you learn anything? Have you attended any hackathon that left you with skills you didn't have, with usable coding skills that you could actually apply? Did you perhaps arrive there with coding abilities that were, were sharpened by the event? Not just the one that happened on the weekend, but in general, please give us a, a shout. And certainly, if you're a, a company that has taken to hosting hackathons, please tell us what you get out of them past the PR. Perhaps there's uh, products or, or a market understanding that you got out of these events you wouldn't have otherwise. We'd love to hear about it. You know how to reach us uh, on Twitter. We're at African Roundup. We'd certainly like to hear from you. Use the hashtag ATRU. And uh, in order to send us a voice comment we can use in a later show, please use the hashtag ATRU comment and our team will be honest like white on rice. So once again, this week's African Tech Roundup is supported by our sister podcast, African Tech Conversations, which this week features an in-depth chat with fintech investor and innovation architect Dominique Collett. To listen to the insight-filled interview I had with Dominique, as well as conversations with other leading entrepreneurs and thought leaders from Africa's technology scene, head straight to africantechroundup.com. But until next week, it's cheers from me, Andile Masugu. Tefo Mohapi. Take it easy, y'all.